You are now listening to Strong in the Saddle, a weekly podcast with the goal to help you get strong in the saddle and maximize your potential as a rider and horse person. Whether you're someone who is looking to make the finals as a professional barrel racer, a dressage rider hoping to advance to the next level, or a recreational rider who just enjoys their horses away from the competition arena, I am here to help you be the best that you can be, both in and out of the saddle, in and out of the competition arena. If you're ready to improve your health and fitness so that you can be the best that you can be for your horse, then you're in the right place. Now let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome to Strong in the Saddle. I'm your host, Katrina. Before we get rolling, I just wanted to ask if you could please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. That would be greatly appreciated. And just a reminder that this podcast offers health, fitness, and nutritional information and is designed for educational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any concerns or questions about your health, you should always consult with a physician or other healthcare professional. Do not disregard, avoid, or delay obtaining medical or health-related advice from your healthcare professional because of something you may have heard on this podcast. The use of any information provided on this episode or any other episode of the podcast is solely at your own risk. And with that said, let's get into today's episode. Last week, we talked about underfueling and undernourishing your body and how it can impact your riding. In that episode, I mentioned red S or relative energy deficiency in sport. And I wanted to go into a bit more detail on it this week because I think that it is something that could silently be negatively impacting many people in the horse world. In fact, I was one of those people in the past that would have been impacted by Red S. I was not eating enough and I was exercising and was otherwise quite active. People who are physically active, including people who ride or otherwise work with horses, are at risk of red S. It usually materializes in a few ways, including having low energy availability, potentially having an eating disorder or disordered eating behaviors, potentially amenorrhea, where you lose your period, and low bone mineral density. I mentioned disordered eating, and it is important to note right off the bat that red S includes both intentional underconsumption of calories and unintentional underconsumption of calories. Intentional underconsumption would be someone who knows they are under eating but continues to do that anyways. This would be someone who has an eating disorder or disordered eating tendencies. Someone who is unintentionally developing red S is usually someone who is active 
but doesn't quite understand nutrition and their requirements as an active human being. They fall into Red S by accident. Either way, Red S is going to impact the body the same. So let's start with who is at risk for Red S. First off, unlike the athlete, athlete female triad, which is very similar to Red S, Red S can impact men and women. If you are a physically active person, you are at risk for Red S, period. And what is the definition of a physically active person? I would say that if you work out a few times a week or if you ride horses several times a week and you're doing active things around the barn, which is a description of most people who listen to this podcast, then you are considered a physically active person and you're at risk of developing red S. Obviously, the more you work out, the higher the level of competition that you compete at, the higher at risk you're going to be. There are also certain areas of activity that are likely more prone to red S as well. Uh, For example, endurance sports like running and more aesthetic sports like gymnastics or bodybuilding are going to put a person at higher risk. I would also say that women as a whole are more at risk for red S. Social media puts a huge amount of pressure on us to stay a certain size or to look a certain way. As such, we are, I would say, much more likely to restrict food to try and fit that expectation. And don't think that you are exempt just because you sit on the back of a horse. If you are riding a horse regularly and you're also taking care of them on a regular basis, you are an active person and you can certainly undereat if you aren't careful. And if you continue that on long enough, you could develop red S, which puts you at risk for a whole list of issues. I'm not going to go through go into all the health issues that red S can cause. You can easily Google that yourself. But since this it, podcast is geared specifically to horse people, I wanted to tie it to how if you have red S, it could negatively impact your riding and the work that you do with horses. So low energy. The first big thing is that you aren't going to have any energy or very low energy anyways. I remember this when I was back in my eating disorder days. I had extremely low energy. It got to the point that I didn't have the energy or the motivation to actually ride my horse anymore. So I ended up lunging him lots and just taking him for walks. When you have red S, you're going to feel tired. Or if you don't start off tired in your day, you will find that you do quickly become fatigued sooner than you otherwise would. Halfway through a ride or a workout, you feel completely gassed. 
You don't feel like going out to the barn because it just feels like insurmountable. Um, another impact that Red Hat Red S has is de- decreased strength. So as a way of getting energy to fuel your activity, your body is going to look elsewhere since it knows that you're not going to provide energy through food. One place it can get fuel is by breaking down your muscles. First off, muscle is metabolically expensive to keep on your body. In other words, you burn more calories when you have muscles versus if that same tissue was body fat. Secondly, muscles are basically just stored energy at the end of the day. So by breaking your muscles down, your body now has a source of energy. What happens when you break down muscle? You get weaker. You lose strength and muscle tone. You might be diligent about getting your strength strength training workouts in, but you're not going to get stronger. In fact, you're probably going to get weaker. I don't know about you, but it's super frustrating to work your butt off in the gym and not see results or to even regress. And that's exactly what happens when you have red S. Back when I wasn't eating enough, I would get so mad. (laughs) I would be frustrated by the end of my workouts and rides because not only was I completely exhausted, but I was actually watching my performance degrade right before my eyes. Another impact red S, amenorrhea. So this is for the women in the audience. Amenorrhea, for those of you who don't know, is very common in women with eating disorders, but can occur with red S as well. One thing that happens here is you lose your period. And I know that some of you may not be super upset about losing your period. I get it. They're inconvenient and all of that. But having a regular menstrual cycle is super important for your health and your performance. Without a menstrual cycle, it is likely that your estrogen levels have completely tanked and that can have a ton of downstream effects, including bone loss. And you may not be super concerned about your bones right now, but you will be down the road when you get diagnosed with osteoporosis or when you have a stress fracture that won't heal or when you break your hip and you're restricted to the couch. You need estrogen. You need your menstrual cycle. Even if you have no intentions of reproducing, having a regular healthy menstrual cycle is very important. They call it the fifth vital sign for a reason. And I guess that just ties into another impact of developing red S, which is that low bone mineral density. Having low bone mineral density puts you at risk for things like osteoporosis and bone injuries. I really want to highlight this because We can't forget the fact that we deal with 1,200 pound animals on a daily basis. They can break our bones at the best of times, let alone when your bones are weak. Furthermore, if you do break a bone, 
if your bones are weak, it's going to take much, much longer to heal. And actually, they may not heal properly at all if you're in a chronic state of undernourishment. So now that you're all freaked out about what can happen if you develop red S, let's go through the warning signs. What do you need to watch out for if you think you may have red S or are potentially at risk of developing it? So as already mentioned, you might be chronically fatigued. Um, You can't gain muscle or strength. You have amenorrhea. You're dealing with stress fractures. Those are all warning signs. Some other signs that should be red flags include dehydration, gastrointestinal problems, you're always cold, um, heart issues like a low heart rate or changes in your heart rate or your blood pressure, weight loss, it's an obvious one. If you are chronically under fueling, of course you're going to lose weight. Um, There are also some more mental or psychological red flags too, like being hangry, (laughs) Um, chronic exercising and just feeling like you need to exercise, Um, an inability to focus or concentrate, being preoccupied with food. So this could be like always thinking about what you're going to eat next or constantly watching the Food Network or looking up recipes or following food accounts on Instagram, all those sorts of things can be potential red flags here. The good news is that red S is super easy to prevent or get out of. I will say, however, that if you are intentionally intentionally on purpose putting yourself in a state of red S, You need, I would really recommend you get help, professional help. Having an eating disorder or patterns of disorder eating can put you in a very dark spot. And it can be very hard to get out of there. Trust me, I'm speaking from experience. Reach out for help. I know it's going to suck. I will say (laughs) getting treatment and getting out of that dark hole, it sucks. It's hard work. It can be scary, but it is very, very much worth it. Just please trust me on that. If you don't know how to find help, please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook at Strong in the Saddle. Send me a DM. It'll be, I will, I will help you find the help you need. I will help put put you in the right direction. For those of you who are not in that camp, but have now realized that you are maybe unintentionally not fueling yourself properly, there are many ways to correct that. First off, this is going to seem like a random tip, but I would consider doing a social media purge. If you are following anyone who makes you feel bad about your body or is recommending 1200 calorie diets and lots of calor and lots of cardio. I recommend unfollowing them. There are many female athlete social media accounts that are going to provide much more accurate information, 
uh, more healthy inspiration, I guess. And on that note, getting accurate information and advice tailored to you specifically is going to make sure that you are fueling yourself properly. Working with a nutritionist or a dietitian can definitely help you with that. Look for someone who is sports focused or strength focused and emphasizes performance and health over aesthetics and weight loss, fat loss, that sort of thing. Another good idea is to keep a food journal for a week. Jot down everything that you eat on a day-to-day basis and see how much you're eating. You may be surprised by what you find. I know that for myself personally, if I'm just left to my own devices, not tracking, just going off hunger cues and whatnot, I would definitely undereat. I don't have the biggest appetite in the world and I'm always busy doing something. So that combination means that if I'm not careful, I could definitely fall short of what I need to eat to fuel my body in my day-to-day life. So keeping a food journal can definitely help. I would also look on the energy out side of the equation. So we talk about energy in, energy out, energy in being the food you eat, energy out being your exercise and all of that. You look at what we are and aren't putting into our mouths, but you also need to look at how you are expending that energy. Are you doing hours of cardio a week? Are you doing multiple hit sessions for your workouts? Are you running as your main source of physical activity. Take an audit of your physical activity and ask yourself if what you are doing is serving your health and your goals. If you are a rider and are running miles a week, I would question why. If you enjoy running and it's the one form of physical activity that motivates you, Fine, but if you think that running is the best form of activity for someone who rides horses, I really encourage you to go back in the podcast episodes. Strength training is going to be the way for you to get better as a rider. If you run because you think you need to, but you absolutely hate it, I am giving you permission right now to never run another step in your life. I don't run at all, and I am, one, completely healthy, and two, fully capable of riding my horse to the fullest extent possible. And I also want to remind you guys that you do not need to be doing hours and hours of activity every week in order to be healthy. In fact, doing that much could have negative outcomes on your health. Three to four workout sessions a week that are 30 minutes to an hour long is more than sufficient for your health and for improving rider performance. Another way to prevent red S is to get a bit more intentional about peri-workout nutrition. Peri-workout nutrition involves looking at what you're eating pre-workout, during your workout, and post-workout, or before, during, and after rides, or whatever physical activity you're doing. 
pre-activity, you want something that is fairly easy to digest and that is a mix of mostly carbs and protein with maybe a little bit of fat. You want to consume this at the most an hour and a half before your workout. This could look like a regular meal or it could look like, you know, a protein shake and a piece of fruit. For during your workout, you generally don't need to worry about fueling during your workout, especially if it's under, say, an hour and a half. And after your workout, again, I would prioritize easily digestible carbs, some protein, and a little bit more fat. Really making sure you hit those meals will go a long way to ensure that you're fueling yourself. I get that some people may not be hungry after their workouts, so that's why getting something in that's super easy to digest is really important. But like I said before, getting a bit of help from someone experienced with sports nutrition will really shortcut your success here and make sure that all of your rides and workouts aren't all for nothing like mine were for so many years that I was underfueling myself. So Red S, the consequences of Red S are definitely not fun, definitely not something that you want to find yourself dealing with. So like I said, I will say this again and again, if you're having trouble by yourself, get the help from a nutritionist, dietitian, something like that. Even if it's just for a month or two, I know Investing in some sort of help like that can be a little off-putting because of cost, but you would be amazed by how much you can learn and change in even a month or two of working with someone. So that is it for the episode on Red S. Again, if you have any questions, if you need help finding someone to help you out with this sort of thing, please be sure to reach out on social media at Strong in the Saddle. And until next week, remember, it's always a good day to ride.